Hi everyone, this is Tony. I'm the Dungeon Master for D&D Raw, and with me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Chris, and I'll be playing Orc Fireforge, the Hill Dwarf Forge Cleric. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Dahlia Restrick, the Asimar Phoenix Sorcerer. Hey, this is Nick, and I will be playing Luvin Cromdell, the Half-Elf Alchemist Artificer. And joining us today is Jeremy, playing Krognar Onehorn, the Minotaur Bard Rogue. Next time, we'll be Sharpen Quill, Episode 17. Join us now for Rumble Squad, Episode 2-9. Curse be it. Last time, Rumble Squad met a new friend, a minotaur by the name of Krognar Onehorn, who requested their aid on a job he had been given, to look into a series of missing persons and mistaken identities in the undercity of Von Rim. After setting up meetings with the Merchant's Guild as compensation for the job, the party went to speak with one of the first individuals to claim their loved one was gone. So, you guys are headed to see Taruk Minearm. He was the first one to comment that his wife wasn't who, you know, she claimed to be. However, Krognar, you wouldn't be aware that most of the people, when the, when you've talked to them about Turok, are just like, mm, don't quite believe him. You know, she might have left him also because he uh, was getting a little too heavy into the ale and was just like, you gotta work, you lazy bum. But it's it's not fully clear. And then his wife has kind of just like up and left and then disappeared. Not disappeared, disappeared, but just, like, left him. And he's been a bit bummed ever since. Okay. So, but you do know where he lives, as you talked to him once before. And you head down towards the Undercity. So the bright skies above are covered by the various cavern walls as you descend below into the old city of Von Rim, the original capital of the Thessan Kingdom before the Cataclysm. You descend deeper and then arrive at this massive underground complex that feels almost like a ghost town so all unsettling nature to it where the upper surface was still busy and thriving down here there are people but it's scattered echoing footfalls off the cavernous walls and down the city streets the buildings are kind of frozen in time from 150 years ago no real heavy construction or uh, reconstruction on the area Everything's kind of just been left standing here. Nothing's crumbled. The sign of, of course, excellent dwarven architecture. Of course. Everything's of course. very sturdy, but seems just not taken care of. You're all going to hear uh, Krognar say, <clears throat> pineapple. And once he says pineapple, his very dapper filigree three musketeers outfit Turns into more of a dark brown adventuring studded armor, pants, the high boots. The tricorn is gone. He's got the gloves and gauntlets, but a very, very high quality. Are the instruments still showing? Yes. Yep. Everything else. It's just, yep. It's just the clothes changed. Everything else is. So all the colors have now turned into the dark brown and darker earth tones. I would 100% kind of like look up, like come up next to me. All right, that's a cool trick. You got to tell me how you did that. What is that? Is that like... And I'll look, show my sleeve and be like, these? Robes of mending. They mend themselves. It's pretty cool. 
but that's a cool trip. Nice, nice. No, this is, uh, he just pounds his chest. No, I have a special word, which is, you know, a certain fruit. And when I say it, this turns into whatever it is that I wish it to appear as. It comes in very handy during performances where I can provide a different uh, costume and outfit for every character that I portray. How often can you use it? As many times as I can say the keyword. So I could say it really fast. You want to see? Yes. Is that a real question? <laughs> say, pineapple, 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 pineapple. Poof, 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 poof. I don't even know. <laughs> I can't even do that many different costumes. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like six different costumes. One of them is like even like a dress. One of them's more like the um, farm worker. One of them is like a constable. Another one is more of like a, like the town guard, like breastplate. And then he goes back to his regular, or not regular, but into his studded leather, dark tones, adventuring type garb. You did your research on those costumes. That farm one, pretty accurate. Ah, no, thank you. Yes, I've, I, I enjoy my time amongst quote-unquote commoners, as unfortunately many people refer to them as. I just like to call them people. So, where did you get those clothes? Because I definitely want a set. I was in a small town. It was called, uh, what was it called? Ranhasselkim, I believe? Yes, Ranhasselkim. I, I spent several weeks there, and I got to know many of the people, and there was... A gentleman who seemed to enjoy the many tales that I had to tell of my people, and he gifted me this this fine piece of work. Gonna have to find him and and get some of those because those are cool and would be very useful. Yes, they they come in quite handy. So, are they just an illusion, or do they actually take on the traits of whatever you wish them to be? It is technically an illusion. The texture will feel right, but if anyone like does any further inspection to it. Basically, if they try to put their hand through your hat, it would go through. The hat would still maintain, but it is technically an illusion. Are your regular clothes, though, the actual the armor, or is... Yes, this is what I'm actually wearing underneath. Okay, so the other stuff was the actual illusion. Yes, I, I found the people um, in this part of the city appreciate the, the, the finer, simpler adventuring gear. To come down here with the... Fancied up do, um, not so much. The people on the surface uh, very much enjoy it, and they recognize uh, the storyteller that I am. Now that I've seen that in action, maybe I'll be able to replicate it at some point. I, I dabble in creating magic items. Thank you. Yes, yes, by all means, once we are done here, I would certainly uh, let you have a gander at it. Leuven. Yeah? Uh -huh. Roll either an arcana or a history check for me, considering you're from Solana. Let's go arcana. 20. So considering where you grew up, you've heard of similar material to this. Now this on armor is a little bit different, but there are certain fabrics that are infused with magical energies called uh, shimmer weave and glamour weave. This seems to be a modified form of that. Not usually done in armor though. Shimmer weave and glamour weave. I've, I've only heard about this and I've never heard of it quite that way. It's pretty neat. Hmm, I must make note of this. I'm giving Leuven the biggest, like, please make me some, like, <laughs> <laughs> shinies. Let me know when you figure out how to make shimmer plate and glimmer plate. By the way, how'd you get into uh, to music and the storytelling? Oh, well, my people are come from an oral tradition, and we have a great love of music and performance. But as I said, it is of the oral tradition. And I got a bit of the wanderlust and knew there were 
many other stories that need to be told, and I have, after learning more about the Cataclysm, even though it did not affect us, I had fear of the potential for our history and our lore to be wiped out. So I pursued that of a scribe to record not only the histories of my people, but to those that I meet. There are many stories that are missed during times like this that can lead to knowledge and truth and perhaps uh, be of use in the future, even though now I may seem meaningless. It sounds like you've traveled far to get some of those stories. Yes, yes, far and wide, indeed. By about this point, you guys are arriving at the home of Turek Minearm. It is a fairly plain stone building, single story, kind of a cracked wooden door, still on its hinges, but maybe a couple of hits would knock it loose. Does it look any different than last time I was here? It looks about the same level of unkept. Okay, yes. I will do a light tap um, next to the door. You just hear the tap, tap, tap on the fist on stone. And I will be like, Turok, Turok, are you home? You hear, like, clatter of some, like, plates and shuffling of feet. And after a moment or so, door inches open. You see a male dwarf, gray hair, green eyes, and a round nose, disheveled looking, like a little bit red-eyed, and with a large mug in his hand as he kind of opens up. Hey, what the... Right? Yes, yes, Krogdar. Krogdar Onehorn. Onehorn, yes. Come, I have ale. Ah, yes. He kind of turns around and shuffles back in. I will gladly take some. I appreciate your hospitality. So you have to bow pretty low, Krogdar, to get through the threshold of the door, but the inside, your horns are just shy of the ceiling. I'll just sit cross-legged on the floor. He sits in the chair and he still doesn't come up to your height. That yep. is uh, there. It's, uh, it's very simply decorated home. You notice like some what look like recently broken mugs on the floor. And he kind of just wanders over to the side and pulls out a bottle and looks at it, uncorks it, sniffs, corks it and puts it back and grabs a different bottle and then comes over and your friends and want drink. I cannot speak for them, but perhaps. I've actually brought them here because they have interest of your your sad tale that I believe must be told. Yes, Thornyla. That, uh, that, I, I, I saw, saw her, I saw her Krogner. She, uh, she, she's standing at the cover. Kind of like pauses as he pours like the, he holds a mug out to you. Krognar, and then just starts to, like, hand another mug to whoever else is by the door. I'm just gonna hold up a hand, like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the, the mug. Dwarven ale, but cheap dwarven ale. It's basically the Milwaukee's best of beer. I'll take the mug and take a few sips. And then he sits down into the chair, and by sits, I mean he kind of, like, falls back into it. There's some sauce about the, the caviar and rules. She's there, Krogner. You know, she she come she come back home, but it's not her. No, no, it's not her. It's not Thanela. Thanela is good dwarven woman, strong dwarf woman. She's not. That's not Thanela. He just kind of stares like at the floor. Yeah, I've I've heard this story before. I'm just gonna kind of look at the. The others and be like, I'm not sure what to ask at this point. It's a sad. 
I saw her, Krognar. It's, uh, just, 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 last night. She's, she's there at the cavern, the, the Clubenstein. It's old, old tavern. I, I should go. I should go get her. And he starts to, like, get up. No, no. Black Turk, Turk, you are in no condition. Please, sit, rest. I will go find her. Clubenstein. Clubenstein. Clubenstein, old, old tavern. She's, she's there last night. She goes in Clubenstein, but I look and she's not there, but she was there. I saw her and I should go look for her. And, and, so, and he kind of like flops back into the chair. Did you get to talk to her when you saw her? No, she's, I see her in Kaviranrul. Kaviranrul, bad, bad place. Curse be it, it's a bad place. It's a curse be it. Yes, curse be it. Yeah, and he like, picks the mug up. Auric, you are aware that is a common saying in uh, Von Rim. Just curse be it. And he just like kind of flops back down. Listen, you talk to Thanaila. Find the real Thanaila. You do that for me, Krugner? Of course, of course, my friend. Again, what did she look like this will past the last time you saw her? Beautiful woman. So pretty. She's She's got the long... Long, black hair is messy, but green eyes, pretty green eyes, prettier than my green eyes. <laughs> she wears better, better clothes than me, but I don't, I don't have good clothes much anymore because I just spend ale. And he starts to chug more of his ale. She's cook. She's good cook. She works for taverns and good cook. Nay, curse be it. <laughs> yes, curse be it. Yeah, I, th- I think, good Tarok, sir, you you should stay here. We'll go try to find her and figure out what's happening. Yes, the Clubenstein. Yes, Clubenstein. I should go find. No, nope, you should stay. Uh, with that, I'm gonna cast suggestion on him to suggest that he stays here and doesn't go anywhere and goes to bed. Yes. <laughs> Stay here, go to bed. <laughs> okay, we should go. He just falls straight to sleep in the chair. Uh, that's fine. He won't be in our way at least. Huh. Didn't know you could do that one. I didn't think we were going to get much more information. I'm sorry. He just... I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the Club and Stein is new information for you, though, Krognar. Is this an older establishment or is this new since I've been away? It's abandoned. It's an abandoned tavern. The area around the Kavir Unroll, which actually, uh, who speaks Dwarvish? I do. The, the dwarf speaks Dwarvish. I also speak Dwarvish. Yeah, I speak Dwarvish as well. So everyone speaks Dwarvish. <laughs> <laughs> so Kavir Unroll actually means in Dwarvish Deathstone, which is the specific spot where the portal opened. But it seems like it's caused this general effect in the district of that area, which was the old marketplace for the Undercity, of just, like, unease and just wrongness. So all the shops and all the inns and all the taverns there have kind of been abandoned. Okay. The ones immediately in this area. So this was, like, abandoned when I was still living here. Yes. Okay. Which, Krognar, you would have probably taken some time to search, like, the area, but it's, it's an entire district. So it's not easy to look through. And I can only take so much of the dirty feeling. Yeah. It don't feel good. <laughs> no. I do have a quick question. 
Just looking around the place, is there any small personal item that looks like it might be hers? Because you said she was a cook and she dressed nice and stuff, like an article of clothing or something. If you actually look by the kitchen towards the back end of the home, you can find a fairly nice knife for the area. Okay, I am going to just kind of walk over and just pick it up and look to the group. I'm thinking if we take something personal, maybe we could use it to test the faker? How would we use it to test her? I don't know. It's just an idea. Tony, does the knife have a sheath? Yep. It's a very nice chef's knife. I think that would work as long as, you know, it's achieved when we try this. Don't want any misunderstandings. Yeah, no, I'm not going to, like, brandish it and try to stab her with it or, you know, anything like that. I'm just saying we could use it. Like, we could even just say, like, like I could pull it out and just be in casual conversation and see if she sp- it sparks recognition. I'm not saying, you know, use it on her. Yeah, that's a, that's a good first step. If there is no recognition, we should check the ears. Why would we check the ears? Yeah, so the the writings of uh, of Daryl Mavis, I'm sure you've heard of him, talk about something similar that happened a, a long time ago, like century and a half or something. Something about brains taking over people through the ears. They have legs. It's nasty stuff. Okay, I'm going to definitely hold on to this knife. I don't have any intention, looking to all of you, of stealing it. I will bring it back. I'm just using it for investigation purposes. <laughs> In case any of you are thinking I'm stealing her chef knife. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just kind of slide it, you know, in my bag for later. So, uh, what's the plan? You guys heading towards the Clubenstein? I still think we should go to the Acolyte. What, what's uh, closer? The Clubenstein. How, how much closer is it significantly out of our way to go to the Acolyte? Uh, you would either have to go around the entire district that is the Kavir Unruh, or go through it. Okay. I want to get all the information we can, but I know time might be a thing, too. If we know where to find one of the missing people, or people who went missing but then acted weird, we should act on it quickly, I think. So you think going straight there to Clubenstein? Yeah, then then go uh, see the Acolyte if time permits. Auric, any thoughts? Strong thoughts one way or the other? I, Clubenstein is on the way. Might as well make the best use of time. Walkie the walkie. Yes, I believe... I was hoping for more information, but I believe it is good to stop by just to get, a again, a baseline. And perhaps once we get to the uh, discover what happened to the Acolyte, maybe something we find at the Clubenstein may assist there. It's on the way, so. Before we leave, Auric, do you have any way to, and I want to just point to, like, the collection of bottles that are still full, maybe make them less potent to save him from himself? I don't have anything prepared. Yeah, I was say the other the only other option I could do is line up empty bottles and shape water and dilute them all down. You can dilute them. That's easy enough. Which I could probably do pretty quickly cuz the shape water and stuff. Yeah, if you guys want to dilute the ale, that is perfectly feasible within just a couple of minutes. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. How long is he going to be out for? Oh, he's going to be out for a while. He is sleeping. You told him go to sleep. I told him to go to sleep. <laughs> so like 8 hours. Okay. And while they're doing that, I'm going to um, mend his clothes. Take a point of inspiration. Nice. So you guys start to head towards the Kavir Unroll. And as you approach the area of the city where the permanent portal to the Shadowfell had formed, you feel this sense of coldness 
the sense of uncleanness. Can everybody roll a d20 for me? Roll the 19. I got a 3. Nat 20. 13. Auric, this place is wrong. It just is messing with you. And even you feel kind of a, a little more uncertain, unfocused. You kind of shake your head. But your connection to your divine powers feels weaker. Didn't like this place as a kid, and I still don't like it. The rest of you just get that sense of unclean, un- like wrongness, coldness. But beyond that, nothing additional. Does it feel exactly like Neverhelm, Neverhelm felt? Feels very different. Okay. Different kind of energy here than the one in Neverhelm. So since uh, Krognar or Auric, you guys can do an investigation check to find the Clubenstein, if you would like. I will do an investigation. 25. I am not going to get even close to that. I got a 14. So, Auric, you're looking around and you're just... You can't seem to find anything. This place feels unfamiliar, but you lived here for 20 years. It just doesn't feel right. Krognar, however, you recall a lot of the paths that you took and you start to weave through some of the buildings. So eventually you find kind of tucked between two buildings at a corner of a street, a very rundown, very broken looking tavern. And this uh, sign that's kind of like hanging off of it, that is the up and stunt. Yeah, the moment um, that I see it, I'll uh, I'll stop and be like, there, there is uh, the uh, Club and Stein, I believe. How far away are we at this point? Um, it's within the last, it's like 30, 40 feet from it. Okay. You see a few people kind of like walking quickly through, just like, and has a sense of like, no, don't, don't like being here. Other lights on? Looks dark. Abandoned, like most. Especially in this area. Okay. Does the structure seem fully intact? Yeah. Stands the test of time. I'm going to look around, nobody's really moving, and I will just stride forward. Alright, you head right up to the door. I'm close behind. Okay. I'm going to, without, like, again, too much force, just kind of test the door. Scrape the ground a little bit. Uh, you notice one, the top hinge is kind of loose, so it's slightly off, but you're able to push it open easily enough. How dark is it? There's no light in here. So, you do, do you have dark vision? You, there's a little flame behind you. Like, going on and off, basically, as I'm playing with my fire. (laughs) Do I see anything handy nearby as far as piece of wood? Something about the size of a torch? Like an an old leg leg handle from a chair or anything like that? Or just an old torch? Yeah, you see, uh, like, a chair leg just on the inside that's uh, been broken from, like, a table that was set by the door. I'm going to grab that and um, cast a light. So light fills this chamber as you see an abandoned tavern. Uh, Some of the stone tables here are just covered in dust. There's a few wooden chairs that are cracked, some from mold, some that may have been broken in a bar fight and just never put back together. Simple uh, actual bar towards the back end of the room with a stairway heading up, but the upper part of the stairs have kind of collapsed. And it seems like the second story is inaccessible and then there's a door behind the bar a stone door that is kind of like shifted like it's not quite in its proper place as the room comes into fuller view i also pull out my lantern of revealing and light that and start heading toward the stone door okay i was gonna say can i make either a investigation or survival check to see if i see signs of anyone being here recently 
So if you want to look for any sort of tracks, make a survival check. I'll help. All right. As I see you doing that, I do survey uh, that you're doing that, and I kind of, oh, hey, what about that over there? Flash of genius reaction. That is a plus four to your roll. So it is a 23 total. So looking through, you see a lot of very old footprints, mostly faded from the dust, but there is a fresh set. Seems like they were trying to be careful. That is walking kind of around some tables and heading as you kind of follow this path towards where Leuven is at the back stone door, and they seem to disappear beneath it. Very peculiar. As you and uh, Krognar are kind of like surveying this with Leuven pointing out, oh, wait, uh, I thought I saw something under that table. Hey, there's uh, sets of footprints. There's only one pair that's fresh. Everything else hasn't been here in a while. Is the door like a jar or is it- it's like out? So it's uh, seems to be off its hinge. It kind of like looks pressed against the frame. It looks like a broken door. Like it might not swing properly. Can I check to see if perhaps this was a or is it obvious that this was a hidden? Was this designed as a hidden door or is it pretty much? The door is pretty out in the open, uh, but go ahead and roll an investigation check. I want to use uh, eye for detail. Basically, check to uncover or decipher clues as to how this came ajar. 27. Okay. So, Krognar, as you're studying this, um, it definitely seems like if you were trying to push on this door, it would scrape the walls. But you look closer, and you notice there's a gap along the edge. It's actually kind of painted to make it look like it's going to scrape the wall. And the actual hinge wasn't broken from time, but shifted intentionally check the handle and it's locked not jammed it is a well done job but someone is intentionally making it look like this door is jammed in its frame but it's very clearly not and i will relay uh, what i discovered about the door that's most suspicious yeah that it is can i listen for any activity on the other side of the door make a perception check 11 you hear and turn around and see Dahlia still lighting and igniting and turning off the to- little torch she has in her hand. <laughs> As I'm just looking around the room. Perhaps we should try and open the door, but uh, stealthfully. You said there's a crack? So it, it's made to appear as if the door is wedged in its frame, but you're realizing some of that is like actually loose stone that you could probably move. And it's been painted over to seem like one solid piece, like it's like wedged. But the door is locked. You realize, like, as you kind of check it, it's the door is locked, not wedged. And that's what makes it give it kind of this sense of it's jammed. Luvin, do you think you might be able to do something about it? I could attempt to pick it, but we should also check it for traps first, remembering the last abandoned structure we visited. You may check again, but I looked at very, very fine details and uh, I did not detect any sort of traps. But if it were to move... It may perhaps ruin um, our intent to be stealthy. Seems like there's no choice, unless there's a way around. Can you not pull the stone out first? Just, you know, like... To do it quietly? You would have to open the door and move the stone at the same time. There's four of us. Oh yeah, you can do it. I'm just saying that that's how, that is how that would work. I'm tall enough. I'll work on the door. You all handle that part, please. And I start to try to pick the lock. I will give you some guidance. Go ahead and roll your thieves' tools check. And I will give some bardic inspiration. So, 2d4s? 
No, a d6. Okay. Um, I'll start with the d4 and the roll, and I'll see if I... How long do I have to use it once granted? Ten minutes. My total is 28. Leuven gets his tools, puts them in the lock. Feels like he took no time. He just puts them in and start to shift it and stone. Krognar, you being there, just catch it before it falls. I look over my shoulder as I'm hunched down, give you the cheesy thumb up with a grin. You are amazing. Back at you. As the door is opening, I have my lantern in front of me to reveal anything if there's anything invisible. So you guys enter into the back room. Are we trying to move quietly? Yes, I suppose we are. I am. Relatively. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Stealth checks. 22. 11. Total of 10. 20. You know who you are. (laughs) The little torch, makeshift torch, (laughs) keeps getting lit and unlit. It's like flicking a lighter. Mm -hmm. Auric is moving. As Leuven and Krognar both just seem to slip in to the passage. It's very nimble for a minotaur. Oh yeah, it's very non-traditional minotaur. I will pause, and after, once you realize kind of how loud people are, because we can pick that up just with passive. Yeah, it, it takes you like, you know, a round or so to, as you kind of... Yeah, I'm going to pause, and look at everyone, be like, perhaps Leuven and I shall... Go a little bit of ahead to make sure everything is clear. Very well. Yeah, uh, I'm still kind of new to the stealth thing, but I'm not terrible at it. I'll take the lead. So you slip ahead, get a little bit ahead of the party, and enter into a much cleaner back room. Um, you know, several tables kind of on the sides and towards the back with papers as well as uh, some parchment kind of pinned up against the walls with various scrawled writings and all sorts of just information scattered all about. And it looks like this place has been maintained. This is all recent. I'm going to move over towards some of the writing that's been scrawled, ideally looking for something that might have been very recently written, if there's any wet ink or ink that is out not not bottled or not stoppered. Make an investigation check. Okay. Krognar, what are you up to? Basically looking at the scrawlings to see if I can decipher what it is they are attempting to do. Roll an investigation check as well. Can I use my eye for detail on this as well? Decipher clues, yes. You can. Uh, 26. I look really hard using my flash of genius. 17. Just have a moment of just like, it doesn't make sense. And then it's like, no, no, focus on this one. Between the two of you, as you search the room, you realize that it's seems like it's encoded a bit. Leuven, the one thing you pick up out of all of this is they seem to be referring to the comings and goings of people like they're tracking people. Krognar, there's thieves can't hidden here. I thought that was a sign language. I didn't know it was a written language as well. You use a lot of words to say very little, but the little is the hidden message. Yep. It's the words between the words. So what you're able to pick up is not only is this the comings and goings of various people, but as you kind of, you know, read through the documents, look up at what looks like a rough sketch of the map of the Undercity, kind of put together that whoever is doing this is tracking various people, and you notice some disturbing information. Um, There is comments of finding 
a suitable power source, uh, as well as just what looks like decades of various attempts to find this power source. Death not being the best uh, use, at one point there's listings of various things that you've heard in the city of the cursed events since the time of the Cataclysm, such as a terrible cave-in that happened, a blight that happened, and documentation of the effects of said events, and seeing if these are reliable sources. But there's a recent one that comments on fear seems to be a power source that is useful in this case. Fear seems to be able to power their device, and with enough fear from people, they could reopen the portal. There's a name you get from it too that doesn't seem to make, is not a dwarven name and just kind of throws you off, but the name is, uh, what you get from this is, in the great service of Erebus, we shall find a way to bring our brothers through. I think we're in trouble. Are, are we down there yet? No, we're waiting. You guys were kind of waiting initially to allow them to, you're like, you're not far, like you're with you within earshot of them. I, uh, I'm pretty much mumbling to myself for like, insert cussing. <laughs> we are in severe trouble. I, I think I hear that. Uh, and I, I kind of walk over with some of the, my notes in hand. I think I agree. It's creepy tracking of people. What, what'd you find? It is more than mere tracking of people. They've been going at this for decades. They reference a source of power, and they have come to believe that fear is the best source of power to power a device that reopen the portal and bring the return of Erebus and their brothers and sisters. Erebus? Yes. Tony, could I? Right, can I do history or religion or... What is your modifier to history or religion? Plus seven. Plus five to history. Okay. Uh, what about religion? Uh, pl plus four. Mine's plus three. Go ahead and roll history. Both of us? Yes. Um, I had a 12. 15? You've never heard of Erebus. Probably after a few minutes, I would try to message Leuven and be like, Everything okay? Do you need backup? It's creepy in here, but it's safe if you want to come in. Okay. Should we sneak? Nah. I mean, don't yell, but... Pat, work on the shore. We're, we're good to move ahead. Just don't be, you know, too clangy. I'll do my best. <laughs> clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> ka -chunk, ka -chunk, ka -chunk, ka -chunk. Do you guys share the information you found? Yes. So, uh, as you're saying, Oric, Krognar's mentioning of the blight and the fact that whoever this was helped to cause it. You recall how your grandfather died. Yep. That was what caused us to, to leave as this is all happening, by the way, the table at the far end of the room moves with the wall at the back end of the room and starts to shift open. And stepping through, you see a medium-build figure, kind of dwarven-esque clothing, hunched, but sunken cheeks, shallow eyes, and slight pointed ears, long unnatural fingers that starts to step in the room and notice all of you as you all see something you've only ever heard about as a daughter cool steps out looks at you 
reaches beneath his shirt and pulls out a stone, calling out, We've been compromised. Deal with the prisoners quickly. I will eliminate the threat. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written. Or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to our wonderful DM, Tony, at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Thanks, and see you all next time. If you enjoy the adventures of our characters in Ostia and our show about the rules for 5th edition, support us on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you will get exclusive content and updates. If you're interested in a look behind the curtain of how we keep track of all of our quests, we are going to be releasing our players' to-do list document for each session to all patrons going forward. This includes our plans for which characters need to have a heart-to-heart, what letters are they writing to family at home, and which NPCs can't be trusted. Beyond that, higher tiers get DM's notes, bloopers from our episodes, and to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. So we want to give a special shout out to our Adventure Tier and Above patrons. So thank you Waldron, Carol Morris, William McCracken, Ryan Rea Vermette, Mike C, Naked and Afraid, Feral Joe, Jeremy Kleinons, and a Linux fan. We are especially grateful to our producer tier patrons who listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to Christopher Reinhardt for serving as a producer on this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw.